Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Living Healthy Podcast presented by LA Fitness. I am one of your hosts, Andrew Gabell. And I'm your co-host, Brittany Welch. And on today's episode, we're talking all about running. That's right, Brittany. Are you into running? Are you I a am. I actually am a big runner. Yeah. I like to run on the treadmill only, though. Okay. Strictly yeah. treadmill running. <laughs> Don't want to deal with traffic or nope. nature. None nope. of that. No. Nope. Just the treadmill. <laughs> Definitely not nature. <laughs> Definitely not nature. No. Aww. Or traffic. Aww. I don't mind the nature, nice. but I don't need the nature flying in my mouth because I'm a mouth breather. Oh, uh, the butt. Okay. Or like hitting hear, me in the eye. Ter- do you want to hear a terrible story about kind of. nature? Okay. <laughs> this is. I don't I like know why I thought about this. Sick. It might a little bit. Okay. This was I was just thinking about this the other day it was a terrible experience but i was playing tennis and one oh, no. time i had my mouth open i guess and i like it moving forward a fly flies straight into my mouth and i it, right I to the back of the throat right no <gasps> i literally straight into my mouth i had to blow it out my nose oh my God. it was insane oh and the God, fly so, lived i can't look at you and the fly oh lived God. there's no way this is making it in the podcast but this no it, it has lived. to it, it has to you cannot away. you cannot it not keep this away, people. Brittany. it did not fly away i'm not kidding you it was alive it made it through my nasal passages uh, through my mouth out my nose i and actually it know that's alive. possible because it happened with a soybean with me once but yeah. not a living okay, not creature. a living thing but i will say that, fly that has, is phenomenal i know just think about no, the story say, that fly has for its fly friends exactly it probably only lives like, another five minutes but i know but it told that story and that story lives on with that fly more group. than that you sacrificed ugh. Everything uh, disgusting uh, to save that fly. So I, know, go. I know. I know. Good I, human. It was Andrew. like I, it was, I didn't know, know what was before, happening. I was like, "What the heck human. is going on?" It was, it was really freaky. Anyway, that I don't know insane. what that had to do about running, other than now, nature. No, no. Stay in the gyms, people. Now it's you safer. know why I don't like to run outside with my mouth <laughs> open. There you go. That is why. There we go. Right there. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, this episode is not going to be about any more disgusting things. It's going to be about running, and we're going to be talking about what you need to get started and how to get the most out of your run. So, joining us on the phone today is a man with over 30 years experience in the world of running he's a former national trail marathon masters champion and the founder and head coach at mcmillan running he has a master's degree in exercise science and he's trained everyone from new runners all the way up to olympians wow so without further ado please welcome to the show greg mcmillan how you doing greg great thanks for having me yeah good to have you here so i kind of ran down your accolades there a little bit but can you maybe tell us in your own words what makes you so passionate about running well, I started when I was young, and really in high school, that's where I, I really fell in love with the sport. It was kind of the thing that became my passion. I think a lot of us have these periods when we're growing up where we kind of connect with something, and for me, it was running, and it really sort of changed my life. It made my academics better. It made my relationships better. I enjoyed it, and I was successful at it, so it kind of set the pattern for my life, so I think part of it is just that it just resonated with me. It just gave me so much self-satisfaction and a feeling of accomplishment and set everything else up in my life a little bit better and kind of stuck with it ever since. Great. Well, that's awesome. Now, before we jump into the meat of this podcast here, we just want to remind everyone to please subscribe to the podcast if you're not already a subscriber. That way you can get the next episode delivered straight to your phone. And more of Andrew's fly stories. (laughs) No, hopefully not. Hopefully, that, I think that's the I still can't get last and most disgusting story I will ever tell on the podcast. Yeah, you never so know. You don't know. Life is still going. We Stay with know. us, people. All right. all right. Well, Craig, let's get into uh, what this podcast is really all about, which is running. So uh, for new runners, what are some reasons uh, to start adding running into your exercise routine? 
Well, I think, you know, there's so many things. Running is almost a panacea for issues, right? It, huh. it can certainly be good from a physical standpoint. We know from the research that if you're moving your body across the earth under its own power, that is really helpful to you. So it helps your cardiovascular system, helps your muscular system. Right. Uh, it has all these physical benefits. But we also know that mentally it's very helpful as well. It uh, can be used to reduce stress. It can be used as a, a therapy, a time to kind of think through all of your issues. It can be used as a way to challenge yourself and set goals and have those kinds of mental aspects to it. And a lot of people find that it is, it's almost a spiritual thing for them, that they really rely on running to provide um, sort of the calmness in their life and help them work through the invariable ups and downs that life throws at us. So I think it's such a simple thing to go out and run. We all can do it. You know, we started crawling and walking and then running. So we yeah. all have the ability to do it. And it provides so many great benefits outside of, you know, competing or racing or anything like that. It just provides such a wonderful um and so many benefits to people. And I think that's why when people start running, they really get, like I did, they get passionate about it because it does it does help them in so many different ways. Right. I couldn't agree more. Uh, it sounds like you're speaking from personal experience. Is this, are these like some of the reasons why you became so passionate about running? Yeah, I think when I was young, uh, you know, in high school, you're competing. So you train to compete. Mm -hmm. And so and I was successful. So that was a lot of fun. But mainly I found I really enjoyed sort of the competition in my own head, mm -hmm. right? Because ultimately when you're running, it's it's really just a conversation in your head of, am I going to keep going? Am I going to get out the door? Right. Am I you know, going to push harder? Am I going to whatever? You have all those kind of battles. And I think I really enjoyed that component of it. And then I was competing on the high school team. Right. And I think that shared experience of kind of suffering together, <laughs> yes, I think that right. band of brothers, we like that. And that's why, you know, that's why running groups are so popular because right. people enjoy kind of doing this together and having this shared experience. And like you've mentioned, I work with a lot of new runners all the way up to Olympians and, and the experience of running is the same. We mm. all kind of have this shared experience of you know, boy, that that hill at mile two was really, really tough, but <laughs> yeah. I got over it. Or, man, I had a bad workout. I, I really, you know, lost confidence in myself. But then, anyway, there's all these kind of similarities. So I feel like, for me, that's been part of it is I still train to compete. I still enjoy that aspect of it. But, you know, I'm older. I have a family. So I go for runs a lot of times just as stress relief or to think through issues that are going on or maybe yeah. dream about things I want to do with my coaching business or, you know, those kinds of more therapy type yeah. things. So I definitely use it in that way. Yeah, it sounds like that it is kind of a big like the therapy or the meditative state of running is like a really big component that maybe people don't think about if they haven't gotten into running because you are kind they of don't. isolated, yes. I guess, in a sense, you very much have a lot of time to work through your own thoughts, I guess, while you're doing it. it well, it's me. funny because most non runners think that runners are running for their physical fitness. Right. Mm. But if you talk to seasoned runners, they will most likely tell you that the physical benefits are almost the byproduct. Mm. <laughs> it's a happy byproduct 
of the mental part, right. of the enjoyment of getting out, of sharing the experience made with a training partner, of being able to think through things, of, you know, working through life's issues and having that time alone. You know, all those kinds of things can be really important. And it just is, is nice that it also helps you lose weight and right. stay fit and, you know, make your later years better. Right. right. It's kind of what we're going for. Yeah, I didn't start running until I was in my like early to mid 20s. And it was more of the spiritual and kind of escape that I liked. Um, But for other you had touched on working with newer runners. So for other runners who maybe don't have that kind of motivation, what would you say they need to get started? What would help make the experience of running maybe a little bit better for them? Say like music or good shoes or et cetera, you know, those kind of things. I think the most important thing is to give it a month, is to go in with a determination of, I'm going to give this a try for a month. And the nice thing about running is you don't need a lot, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you you certainly don't have to have fancy running shoes to go and get started, but it is a good idea to go to a local running store and get fit so that you do have proper footwear, but it's not a requirement. Making it really manageable to start is very important because when you start to run, your your mind is not used to it. And so it sends a lot of signals of fatigue. And so you will be bombarded with, this hurts, I don't wanna do it, why am I doing this? You kind (laughs) of get bombarded by it. But if you can start really, really gradual, five minutes, 10 minutes, go around the block. You don't have to make it a big exposure to running. Just start in a really, almost too manageable of a run, right? So go run for five minutes. Most people can do that. Call it a day and then go and do it the next day or the next day after that and set up a rhythm, set up a a running streak, if you will, something where you say, you know what, three, four, five times this week, I'm going to go out and run for five to 10 minutes. Do that through the first 30 days and then you'll get over the hump of all of those negative sort of feelings from your brain. Your brain's going to go, oh, okay, you're asking me to do this again. You did this yesterday. No problem. This isn't scary to me anymore. And then suddenly after a month or so, you, you start to feel better. Your fitness improves. You don't have as much sort of mental uh, fatigue being sent. And then you'll notice that you can go a little bit farther. you probably go a little bit faster. And you can begin to just gradually add five to ten minutes onto those runs and soon enough, in three to six months, you're like, wow, I've done a lot of running. I feel great. You probably lost a little weight, mm-hmm. probably toned up a little bit, and you're enjoying this routine. So certainly having a buddy helps in that. So if you can partner up, certainly having good equipment is helpful. Some people like music or podcasts or something to distract them right. from the run or maybe engage them in a, in a mental way on it. Some people like hey, I'm just going to go to this park and run because I want to be in nature and I want to kind of, you know, disconnect from all the noise of life. So you might have to do some experimentation to see what feels good. But give it 30 days. Give it one month. You don't have to run for every day of those 30, Mm -hmm. but just give yourself a month of I'm going to be a runner. Do you find, like, with that long-term kind of commitment of, I'm going to commit to 30 days of trying this out, do you find with the people you coach that it's actually harder nowadays to get people to kind of take it that 
baby step at a time. You know how you're talking about most people probably want to go out and be like, I want to go run a mile today. And it's like, you probably, if it's your first time, you probably shouldn't do that. But in our culture of zero to 100, get everything as fast (laughs) as possible. Do you find that it's actually more challenging nowadays to get people to stick to that approach? Yeah, running is the opposite of today's world. It is a slow grind, right? It's not about uh, instant gratification. The benefits really come from the long term. And that's why, um, you know, it's a lifestyle sport. It is something that you, you have to be patient. You have to think long term. You have to think, you know, we see this with New Year's resolutions, right? Everybody's like, I'm going to do 100 push-ups a day. Right. Like, yeah. Well, you don't do any to you don't do any pushups a day. Right. So why go to a hundred? That's too <laughs> right. much. Why don't you do two pushups right. today? Right. You know, and make that a habit. So yeah. I'm a big fan of if you keep it really manageable for those first thirty days. What happens is, that, again, number one, you establish a routine, so that's good because we like routine in our lives usually. Mm-hmm. Number two, we give the body and the mind a chance to kind of adapt because it's gonna be stressful to your body, right? If you haven't been running and you start to run, your muscles are gonna say, hey, wow, I'm not used to this. You might be a little bit sore. And so you need to give the body time to adapt and grow stronger to handle uh, the running that you want to do. So I definitely think it can be a challenge because we want it really quickly. But if you give it 30 days and you can get out, you know, three times, four times a week across those, those first four weeks, what you'll find is that you really start to like it and you'll get over the hump of, I don't like this. And you might find, wow, this really fits or, Hey, this could fit in with the other activities that I like to do. And so that, that's why I like the 30 days. It can be a challenge if you're, you know, Hey, I want six pack abs in a week. That's, right, you know, right, it doesn't yeah. really, running doesn't work that right, way. Right. So you need to think long term. So, and you come from, it seems like mostly a distance running discipline, it sounds like, but is it important for people to figure out what kind of runner they are before they run? So for example, are you a distance runner? Maybe you're a sprinter. I know I personally kind of, I've never really enjoyed running, but when I, I enjoy sports and so more sprinting activities. So I do like intervals on the treadmill and that's how I can go run. Uh, Is it important to know what kind of runner you are so that you're not fighting an uphill battle? Yeah, I think it's important to acknowledge it for sure. We are all different. We have slightly different physiology. We're all kind of built different. And like you say, some of us are faster than others at short distance, and some of us are better at the longer distance. So understanding that and teasing that out uh, can be very helpful because it can help explain why, you know, if you're training with a training partner and they may do better on the long sort of continuous running workouts and you may do better in the repetition or interval type workouts and that can really uh, help you understand yourself. I wrote a whole article on my website about the three runner types and it talks about are you more of a speedster type runner? Are you more of an endurance monster type runner? Or maybe you're a combination of that Mm. and how that can inform the type of training that may work best for you. So I do think Uh, And one of the things I try to do with new runners is I try to expose them after they kind of get over the hump and kind of become a runner, expose them to different types of workouts so they can kind of learn what you've learned. You can learn, hey, I, I I don't adapt to these long runs like my training partner does. I feel like I enjoy 
this other type of training better. doesn't mean you shouldn't do or can't do anything, but it just helps understand why you may take to one thing a little bit easier. Right, right. So for for distance runners, we kind of want to jump into both of these, maybe distance and sprinters out there a little Mm -hmm. bit. But for distance runners... Uh, we kind of want to go through some things on that. Like, is there any special special shoes you need for distance running, you know? Yeah, well, it's like I mentioned before, I do think after you kind of go through your 30 days and you kind of become a runner, it's really wise to go and, to a specialty running store and get fit for your shoes because mm-hmm. uh, there are special running shoes and they're, they have um, characteristics that are best for your foot and your type of running because we all land slightly differently and we roll through from our heel to our forefoot slightly differently. So getting fit is definitely a good idea. Luckily, there are lots of great shoes available. So if you just go to a specialty running store, they can help you get fit. Okay. So what do you think would be like a good distance to start with when you're training for something like a 5K? Well, like I said, if you if you start with five to ten minutes as you become a runner, mm-hmm. uh, that's a good place to start. But then once if you if you want to complete a 5K, and let's say that's going to take you 30 to 40 minutes as yeah. a new runner, maybe mm-hmm. 10 minutes a mile, 12 minutes a mile is kind of your thing, then that's where you start a couple of times a week. You extend those runs, and you try to get in. Okay, now instead of running 10 minutes, I'm going to try to run 15 or 20 minutes. And you build up slowly over time to where right before that 5k you feel confident i can finish and then like andrew was mentioning i think it's good to do some repetition training where you do some maybe you speed up for 20 30 seconds and then walk for 20 30 seconds and speed up again just to again get some heavy breathing in where you're working on your technique as well that seems to be a good way to prep for your first 5k yeah, I read, I was actually reading an article on your website about strides and kind of in cadence, mm-hmm. like the 180 cadence that maybe some runners are familiar with. And that was a really interesting article. Um, your website, what's your website again? MacMillanRunning.com. MacMillanRunning.com. Yeah, so there's uh, there's a lot of articles on there. And that one in particular I thought was really interesting. And that was kind of about like for distance runners, it's almost incorporating some uh, faster segments, I guess, in your training uh, to eventually lead to an overall speed increase or, or Uh, shortening your time correct yeah and it's a really good thing for new runners to do because one of the challenges that we often have with new runners is they're they're just trying to go farther and farther and a lot of times they go faster as well but it's really good to expose them to lots of different paces lots of different efforts and so i think the strides are these short you know they only last 10 15 seconds and it's not all sprinting Mm -hmm. it's just a little bit faster than your normal running pace and then you recover in between that does a few things you know you burn more calories you get a a little bit more fitness boost you also improve your running technique so that you're not just running slow all the time and all those things together really help you become a more well-rounded runner and you'll feel better you'll feel like you you can hold your body in a better running position for for more of your all of your runs so when you're going to do um, any sort of long distance running, what do you recommend for hydrating in terms of the day before yeah. and also during the run? Right. 
Yeah, it depends on the environment. Obviously, if, if people are running in really hot and humid environments, mm-hmm. then they've got to uh, do even more for hydration. Mm-hmm. What we kind of know now about hydration is it's a daily process. So you want to kind of stay optimally hydrated all the time. Optimally hydrated typically means that you're urinating once every couple of hours, and it's kind of straw colored. And so it's not a deep color that usually would indicate you're dehydrated. It's also not clear because that would indicate you might be overhydrated. Nutritionists also talk about making sure you're ingesting a lot of water while you eat, but then outside of eating, sort of in between your meals, when you hydrate, make sure it's not just with plain water. It's something that has electrolytes in it. It could be mineral water. There's a lot of, of course, products today for hydration, but Mm -hmm. having something in addition to the water can help you hold on to that hydration a little bit better than if you're just drinking plain water all the time. Sometimes you Mm. can, that creates almost a diuretic process. So if you're doing that on a regular basis, you're typically well hydrated. And then post run, you want to rehydrate. Mm -hmm. So you can weigh yourself before the run and then weigh yourself after and you'll have an idea how much you lost and then begin replacing that with your fluid intake immediately after. But for most runners, it is kind of an ongoing Thing, that you're kind of always hydrating. And as long as the run is short, so below, say, an hour to an hour and a half, you usually don't have to hydrate during those. It's really just uh, on those longer runs that you want to make sure you're hydrating during. Right. It sounds similar to everything else. It's really a day-to-day thing. <laughs> just continue. Yeah, it's part of health, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's like you can do specific things around your run. Mm-hmm. Uh, like making sure you're properly hydrated and properly fueled. But on the whole, it's just about a healthy lifestyle. Right. It's about making sure you're not dehydrated, making sure you're not under-fueled, making mm-hmm. sure you're well-rested, making sure, you know, you'd, you're just sort of living uh, a real sort of holistic way. And that takes, then everything takes care of itself. And you're not kind of looking for that magic bullet. Yeah, it's a very well-balanced approach. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. So what? Uh, real quick, just as a side, on if, in moments where maybe you don't live that perfect life, or you you know you're dehydrated, should you avoid going on a run, or should you ease up then? Um, or no, I know. think it's fine to still get out there, but just recognize that the performance level in the run may be reduced. Right. Okay. So you won't right. feel as good. Yeah. And okay. certainly, if you're going into a hot and humid environment, you want to reduce the exposure to that heat load if you're already dehydrated right and then of course after the run you've got to ramp it up and make sure you're getting really well rehydrated but again your body almost tells you your urination schedule tells you the color of your urine tells you okay i'm hydrated or i'm not right so really listen to your body yeah Great. Um, yeah. Okay, then, so that's kind of for distance sprinters. I want to touch on that a little bit. Uh, one, because I, I am, so I'm interested. But uh, are there, mm-hmm. uh, once again, uh, just this can be like really quick, but special shoes for sprinters or no? Or is it just any running shoe is going to be fine? Um, is Most there really a difference? any running shoe will be fine for doing repetition type workouts. Now, if you wanted to be a, a proper sprinter on the track, then you would probably move to those specialty shoes. But again, if you go to a specialty running store and you say, hey, I do a lot of interval training or repetitions, I like to sprint, then they, there are special shoes that are a little bit lighter to be used for 
those faster type runs. So those are, are kind of an advance. They're the next level, if you will, but certainly you can get started with any regular running shoe. Okay. And are, and do you think intervals are the best way to train if you really like sprinting to get your running in? Like, like for example, on a treadmill, just kind of doing, you know, one minute on, one minute off, things like that. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful thing. Uh, anytime you're able to run faster is good. But most of us, to be able to do a lot of faster running, we need to break it up with those recovery intervals, which is where the name interval comes from. It's about the recovery in between. So I definitely think if you want to get faster, then that's a wonderful way to do it. Anything from strides, like we talked about earlier, which are a little bit faster, with the, but they're shorter, mm-hmm. uh, to up to those 30 seconds, one minute, two minutes fast with a recovery jog is a great way to improve your your sort of fast running or sprint ability. Now, I think everybody should do all of that. But certainly if that's your go-to, uh, doing it as repetitions with intervals is a good, good strategy. What would you suggest maybe as a good starting routine if someone's like, okay, I think I used to play sports. I, liked, I never really liked mm-hmm. running the mile, but I like doing wind sprints or something. What would you kind of suggest like on a treadmill, for example, what would you suggest is a good place to start with a routine? I like, again, I, I'm, I'm kind of conservatively aggressive. Okay. <laughs> so I like to start with like, hey, don't remember when you used to do, you know, 50 sprints during your soccer game. Right. Let's just start with why don't we do five to 10. And again, maybe it's not all out sprinting. Maybe it is just I'm going to increase the pace of the treadmill by two or three or four miles an hour go, you know, for 30 seconds, 20, 30 seconds, and then reduce the speed and then restart again and only do a few of those. Okay, great. So we have some um, other kind of running questions. I was wondering what kind of toll does running take on your joints and shins compared to other sort of cardio exercises? Well, it's very good for your body. Uh, It's kind of a misnomer that running is bad for your joints. So most of the research shows that that is not the case. Most of the reasons that people have issues is they do too much too soon. Mm -hmm. So they're, they have, you know, they're out of shape, they're overweight, and then they suddenly take up running and they want to run a marathon. And it's like, well, of course your body's going to complain. You're trying to do too much too soon. So if you do it correctly, if you start gradual, like I've mentioned a few times, and you, you give your musculoskeletal system time to adapt to the stress of running, uh, you shouldn't have too many issues. Okay. Uh, no different than, you know, if you do CrossFit or some really mm-hmm. aggressive, you know, plyometric or Olympic weightlifting. You have to be careful. You need to make sure you're prepared for what you're asking of your body. So I think most of us find... If you are patient enough, then there's not really a toll on your body that's negative. It certainly will adapt and it will grow stronger and it will be better able to handle the activity that you're giving it. No different than CrossFit or Olympic lifting or anything like that. Is, do you think running is one of the better exercise, cardio exercises specifically for losing weight compared to maybe some of the other um, options out there? Yeah, I think it's easy to do for sure. We know it burns a lot of calories. Most people burn around 100 calories per mile that they cover. So it definitely burns a lot of calories. And as you get fitter and you can go farther and go faster, then you're able to, you know, burn more calories. So I definitely think it is a really easy way for people to lose weight. The body wants to be efficient. 
So if you're lugging around extra weight and you're a runner, the body's going to say, we need to get rid of this. This is not helping us. So it's definitely beneficial that way. Certainly there are, anytime you're doing activities that use more of your body, then you are, you know, burning more calories. But I think running is just so easy for people that it's a great way to to lose weight. What would you recommend or consider to be a proper running form or or bad running form versus a good running form? Yeah, that's a good one to get into running form because I, I think I don't I don't even know if I'd necessarily know. So is there is there a standard approach to that? Yeah, I think there. Again, I have an article on my website uh, that talks about the five keys to better running form. The first one is run tall. So the mistake that most people make is they start to slouch because we kind of slouch most of our day now, right? We're right. kind of yeah. hunched over. I just perked up right now. I literally did. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. It's, like when you, it's like when your mom or grandma was like, sit up straight. Yeah. You know? yeah. we, right. uh, if, if you think that when you run, if you think run tall, that will clear up most of your running form issues. And then the second thing we think about is arm swing. So arm swing should be front to back instead of side to side. So if you're really crossing your arms across your body, that's not ideal because that has a negative effect on your leg swing Mm -hmm. below. So you typically kind of want to have a front to back arm swing. It should be relaxed. And if you find that you, like a lot of us, our arms come across our body. You'll see this in race pictures a lot. You know, they take those photos when you run races and you're like, oh, I look terrible. My arm's <laughs> way over here. Right. So, you know, you can, you can focus on that uh, while you're running as well. Some people talk a lot about foot plants. Should you land on the heel? Should you land on the middle of your foot? Should you land on the ball of your foot? But mostly what we know is that you should land under yourself. So Hmm. reaching out to go faster where you're kind of extending your leg in front of you, that's a bad way to run. Hmm. But if you think about landing kind of underneath your body and then pushing backwards and behind you, that usually pulls your legs right in the right position underneath. So you're not really landing over striding, they call it, where you're reaching out in front of you. So if you think about landing underneath and pushing backwards, that usually cleans that up as well. Right. You mentioned cadence. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the, the GPS watches now can monitor your cadence. Uh, you mentioned that 180, mm-hmm. 180 steps per minute as being kind of the, the gold standard. I really find it's a little bit more unique to each person. Hmm. Uh, 170 to 190 seems to be a normal uh, cadence for most runners. And so that's something that people can track over time. Again, if you're not overstriding, then you usually will have a bit of a faster cadence. And if you do some of these shorter runs, like the strides and the, the interval training that you talked about, then that usually will improve your cadence. And then the last thing and I think this is not talked about enough, is to be rhythmic. Running mm. should be like a dance across the ground. It shouldn't be you fighting the ground and fighting gravity. So it should be, when you see those pro runners, you know, on TV running, they just, they look so relaxed, don't they? Right, and they're going yeah. so fast. And it's like, that's how you want to visualize yourself. You may not look like that right. in real life, right. but if you visualize a nice, light, fresh, I always say light and fresh. That's how you want to kind of approach your running. That usually helps your running form as well. Is there, well, it's interesting you talk about rhythm and dance because is music, can that be a big driving force of a run? And like, is there a certain beats per minute that's good to kind of get into like that rhythm that you're talking about? 
Yeah, I think a lot of people use music uh, because it does enhance their run. And there are even apps where you can program the beat of the music to your cadence that you want, Mm. which then usually uh, is connected to your pace. Mm. So there's lots of ways that people are using, um, you know, different things like music or metronomes or beats to uh, connect with their running. So, you know, we, we're very rhythmic in our bodies, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. we have a rhythm to our heartbeats. We have a circadian rhythm as to when we sleep and we wake. Most Mm -hmm. of us have these kind of rhythms to our body. So running is a natural kind of extension to that. And I think when you get in that rhythm, and most people that are runners for a while, they'll tell you, oh, man, I was in the zone today. I was right, in a groove. Right. It just felt, felt really good. Yeah. That's when all that rhythm is coming together. Right. I'm all yeah. about number that is, five. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. It's true. That, that is right. such a cool feeling when you do hit that rhythm and you mm-hmm. know and you're just like, man, you just feel like you get this burst of energy and you're like, I could just keep going. So And you do you get in like, the zone. What, what, where was this yesterday? Yeah, yeah exactly. Why could it be like this every day? Right. It's <laughs> <laughs> so true, yeah. Um, great. Well, that, those are some awesome tips and boy, I bet, I bet the physics behind running is fascinating too. If you ever got into that about, you know, running under your body or making sure your, your stride isn't Mm -hmm. too far. And I bet that's just fascinating for efficiency. But, um, uh, one of the last ones here we had was, should you stretch before you run or after a run? I bet this is probably highly debated or yeah, maybe both, but what would you uh, recommend? Well, the idea of stretching has really evolved over the last 20 or 30 years. You know, it started with people were doing really static stretches where you would reach and hold for Mm -hmm. 30 to 60 seconds. And we kind of learned that that's not really a good thing to do before running because it kind of, um, the nervous system gets a little flat from that. So actually what you want to do is more rhythmic movements, dynamic stretching, which is really not stretching in that you're not trying to go farther than your range of motion. You're just trying to move the body in a range of motion. People call it rope stretching. You may see Mm. some of the athletes, they have like a belt or a strap, like a yoga strap, and they're just moving their body rhythmically through a range of motion. And that's been really helpful for people that want to warm up for their runs. Now, for a lot of us, we don't need to do that because we're not doing a really hard run. And the first two or three or four minutes of the run, we're going very easily. Right. And that serves as our warm up. But right. if you're going to be doing interval training or fast training, that's important. Now, we do know after the run, that's a perfect time to do a little bit of the rhythmic or the dynamic or active isolated flexibility. And then even some of like the yoga moves or some more of that static stretching, that works really well post-run. What it does is it helps calm down the nervous system because most of us take about 1,500 steps per mile. So you can imagine that's a lot of on-off, on-off of those muscles. They're really engaging frequently. So you need to calm that down. That dynamic, active, isolated flexibility helps calm it down. Hmm. And one of the interesting things that the body does in response to running is it stiffens the soft tissues. So it's making the spring a little bit springier. Hmm. It's almost like a rubber band. So it, on purpose, tightens your your soft tissues. And that's so that when you run in the future, you know, you've got a little bit more, a better spring. Huh. But you, it can go too far in some aspects. And so you can get too tight in areas. So doing that mobility after 
kind of keeps it allows your body to get a little stiffer but it never allows it to go too far to where it moves into dysfunction so it's kind of interesting how the body and runners know this you finish your run and you're like wow I can't touch my toes now. Right, right, so yeah. You're, you know, you're just a little stiff. Right, <laughs> and right. And that's part of the that's that's part of what you know the body's doing on purpose. You just run into issues if all of a sudden something gets so stiff that now it can't move in the proper way while you run. So doing more of that after the run, and it feels good too. It's a kind of a great way to kind of calm down and recenter and kind of move back to your pre-run. Does that uh, help? State. Does that help with recovery too to get you ready for the, ne- the next day's run so you're not as absolutely. tight and stiff? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because most running injuries are an accumulation of stress. Mm. You know, most people, it's like, oh, I'm a little tight. Oh, I'm still a little tight. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm having a little pain. Let me ignore that pain for a few more runs. Mm. Oh, now I'm hurt. Right. <laughs> you know, there you go. That's yeah. the process. Right. So we need to interrupt that right. with this mobility work after and if you do that then nothing should get too tight to move to aches and pains and progress to an injury so i think being again establishing a routine with your running and your post work and it doesn't have to take long it can be even just two or three minutes of doing some mobility work is really helpful great well, that's awesome. And uh, so we've now moved to the part of the show that I've been looking forward to, which is Brittany has... Uh, a very she, odd question. She has an odd question. We're going to call she, it a mythical moment. Yeah, it, it's Brittany's <laughs> mythical moment, and she loves myth-busting, that type of thing. So, yeah, Brittany, I'm all about it. this is a really interesting one, so and I'm going to let you And if you don't it. have an answer for it, if you think it's weird, whatever, like, we can skip <laughs> no, over it. No, commit to it. Yeah, commit. okay, I commit to it. But, so I, one of my girlfriends asked me, you know, what do you do to exercise? And I said, I run a lot. And her mom immediately jumps in and goes, you know, you shouldn't run. It's going to make your face sag, like your skin sag. So I have really big cheeks. And she said over time, running either on the treadmill outside or wherever, it will eventually cause my skin to sag sooner and quicker. And that is not no. something I really want to have happen. Right, of course. Right. So it, do you know if there's any truth to that? Or, do you or know? Can, can she call BS? Absolutely yeah, can, can we, can we myth bust this? Oh, <laughs> no way. I have never ever heard that oh you made me feel so much better about getting on the treadmill later thank you i am around a lot of older runners all the time and i have never had the experience to think wow look at all those old runners and their saggy faces and i'm not gonna lie i'm looking at your photo right now and there isn't a thing about you that's saggy so and i did say to her i was like i I was like all of a sudden i grab my face and i go is it sagging (laughs) that's awesome Uh, i don't I don't think that that's the case. I think that uh, it would be more the case that runners should relax their face even more when they run. Oh, that's because a lot of times we carry tension, Mm -hmm. and so the tension, (laughs) you know, that's where you get your crow's feet and all the you know wrinkles on your face because you're kind of uh, scrunching up your face instead of relaxing it. So. I I have never heard that before. I laughed when I read it because I thought, <laughs> wow, that's something we definitely need to clear I just, up. I appreciate I you clearing that, that up. You just, <laughs> literally just made my day. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. Well, that's changed awesome. my good, whole good, routine. Good, good to know. So running will not make your, make your face 
uh, skin sag, sag sooner. <laughs> okay. So all you females out there. You're not going to turn so into droopy. I, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Maybe I haven't yet. It's different or something like that would help. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, great. Well, as we wrap up uh, the episode here, we like to do a thing called actionable advice. Uh, so uh, for actionable advice today, what are some simple things people can do to make running more enjoyable? I think find a buddy, find somebody to do it with. Uh, so that you have accountability and it's a lot more fun to share in that experience. That's definitely the first thing. Uh, and then, cre- you know, creating some challenging yet uh, re- realistic goals also can be motivating for right. people. Um, and then, uh, you know, just enjoying the process of becoming a better you, right? You're mm usually choosing to do this because you know it's something that will help you improve. Right. It's something, you know, because we do things that are not good for us and we do things that are good for us. So this would be something that probably would be good for us. So maybe enjoy and appreciate yourself for doing something that's good for you because feeling better about yourself is a good way to keep the momentum going. And then, you know, you do that for month after month and suddenly you can really change uh, everything about yourself. I love that. Great. On that note, that's Andrew, awesome. you're yeah. my buddy. Let's go yeah, run. Yeah, there we go. Okay, let's, let's go do it right after this. Uh, that's great. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Greg. And uh, you want to tell us a little bit more about where people can get involved, your coach, so they can actually get coaching from you and tell us a little bit more about where they can find more information from you. Yeah, the McMillan Running website, so mcmillanrunning.com. You can just Google it. It should come up. Uh, we've got a full suite of um, different types of programming. We have a free trial, so you can get started on a plan immediately and give it a try. It includes all of not just your running uh, that you're supposed to do, but also your what we call prehab. So that's your core, your mobility, your strength training, uh, some recovery methods, lots of different ways. for people, no matter their goals, whether it's just to get out the door and get fitter or, hey, I want to run a marathon. We got plans for everybody. Come and check it out for free. Give it a try um, and then uh, look forward to helping as many people as uh, are looking for help. Great. That's awesome. And that's mcmillanrunning.com. Great. Thank you so much for joining us, Greg. It's really a pleasure. Thanks, Greg. You bet. Thank you. All right, that's going to do it for this episode, everyone. Thank you for joining us on the Living Healthy Podcast. Uh, Our next episode goes out in another two weeks, so tune in for that. And if you want to make it really easy on yourself, you can always just subscribe to the podcast and get it delivered straight to your phone. What do you think about that, Brittany? I think you have to if you want to hear more of Andrew's live stories. Oh, my gosh. There's not, I'm not, I thought I had Drake no more was stories. good. No, 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 no. I thought Drake was good. I know good. what people, people can <gasps> rank our stories. We can battle <gasps> stories and they can use the hashtag Living oh, Healthy Podcast like to let that. us know in the comments. I like that. Which Please story do. was better? Brittany's Drake story or, or Andrew's fly, fly story. story? Let us know. All right. Hashtag Living Healthy Podcast. Please, yeah. please leave a comment. I want to know. Yeah, we want to know for I'm sure. Be search- I'm going to be checking this. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Until I'm next time. Win. We will see you in the gym. Bye, guys.